0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plainsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. Or online, anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Talking about fear not. And we've been talking about this for, this is the third surface, and you can always go back and watch the archive versions and uh, even uh, after we are done, we have three services on the weekend. You can connect with a friend or a family member or a neighbor, and you can say, you know what, this might help you. All these scriptures, it builds faith, and it just might help you. So share it with somebody. Be an extension of God's hand right now, touching other people to give them some hope. But listen to what it says. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And this is in the Metz's Bible. And it says, don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Now, material things, if you depend upon that exclusively, material things let you down. we got to have material things. We've got to have material stuff to live. We understand that. But the Bible says, don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed. I mean, be calm. Be, be stress-free. Be peaceful. He says here, He says, be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I'll never let you down. I'm going to tell you, God is dependable. You can count on him. He goes on to say, I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you. God is dependable. He says, then we can boldly quote, God is there. God is there ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what can get to me? Now let me read it to you again out of the Amplified Bible. Same passage. And it says here in Hebrews thirteen five, it says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed and avarice. I'm talking about materialism, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. I said, we need earthly possessions. We got to eat and drive and sleep and, and live. But he says, don't become obsessed with it. Don't be, let it, you know, just be your all-consuming uh, thought. So he says, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you. That's what God said. I will not in any way, any way, any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. <laughs> In the Greek, the promise is very, very emphatic, where he says, I will never, never, never leave you. There's three negatives that precede the verbs there. there, I will never, never, never leave you. He promises, and I would challenge you guys, read that verse again. Read it in several different translations of the Bible and chew on it just a little bit. Now let me read verse 6 here. As we come to uh, the conclusion of reading here in Hebrews 13, but let me read what verse 6 says. It says, so we take comfort. We hear a siren off in the distance. Father, and we ask that you bless those who are in need. Might be somebody we know. And we ask that you comfort them and help them and help those who are responding to be safe and secure and be able to get there and help whoever is in need now and meet their knees and draw them unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So he says, we take comfort. We take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, we confidently and boldly say, we confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Now I wonder if we can say that together even in your home wherever you're watching from can we say those five words together it says we confidently and boldly say The Lord is my helper. Let's do it one more time. The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. And that word alarm means, it means terror or fright or panic or anxiety, distress or dread. It says, I will not. And this is what we're to boldly say because God's with us. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear Or dread or be terrified and then the message Bible let me just read the latter part of the message that we read it already a while ago it says God is there God is there ready to help but I like that word there he's there but let's just move that letter T off of there not only is God there but God is here he is ever present with us That's what he promises, and that eliminates fear. It's a game changer when you become aware of the presence of Almighty God. It says, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless, no matter what, who or what can get to me. Now, that's God's word. Somebody didn't just make that up. That's what God has put in his word. Psalms 31, verse 20 says, you shall hide them. He's talking about us. You shall hide them. In the secret place of your presence. There is a place in God's presence that we can hide. We can hide from all the things going on in the world around about us by being in his presence. No matter where we are geographically, we can hide in the very presence of Almighty God. Listen to what it says in Psalms 27, verse 4. In the Amplified Bible, it says: one thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek. Inquire for and insistently require that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Parentheses right there in the Amplified Bible, in the house of the Lord, in his presence. That I may dwell in the presence of God all, now what percentage is all? 100%. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence, all the days of my life. To behold, to look upon, and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness, and the delightful loveliness of the Lord. All the days of my life, I want to live in his presence. I want to live close to him. I want to feel his heartbeat. I want him to feel my heartbeat. And then he goes on to say in verse 5, for in the day of trouble, and I think in this world right now, we can identify This is a day of trouble. For in the day of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. He will hide me in his presence. That's what he's talking about. I forgot one of my items here. Let me grab it real quick. Actually, I got more than one item. (laughs) I should probably put this back over in there somewhere. That's what I'm talking about. God's on the move. (laughs) Let me read that verse again. It says, For in the day of trouble he will hide me in his shelter in the secret place of his tent. You know God had a tent, did you? In the secret place of his tent will he hide me. He says he'll hide me in the secret place of his tent. He will tabernacle over me. And I will be in his presence, enveloped in his tent. And that's a really fantastic place where you'll also learn to be content in the presence of Almighty God. And this is a shelter. This is a shelter. When it's raining, you'll stay dry when you're out camping. It'll keep the snow off of you. Keep the mosquitoes off of you. It'll create shade when it's hot and sunny. Outside, you can open it and let the wind blow through. But he says here, for in the day of trouble, he, almighty, most high God, will hide me in his shelter in the secret place. Do you know where this secret place is? This secret place is for us and for us to take our families to. No matter what's going on around about us, it's in his presence. And his presence is like a tent. It it, it protects us and it keeps us. I want to read one more time, verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble, that's where we're at right now. In the day of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent, will he... Hide me. He will set me high upon a rock. Verse 6 goes on to say, and it says, and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me, and in his tent, in his presence, I will sacrifice. In his presence, I will sacrifice. Now, you know, sacrifice is something that you don't always feel like doing. You know, you you sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to give that up or to do that. You don't always feel like doing that. But he tells us here, I will offer sacrifice and shouting of joy. Did you know? Uh, The the shouting of of joy is a sacrifice, and he, he tells us in his word that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And there's an old song we used to sing. It's like, joy, joy is the flag that's flown high from the castle of our heart when King Jesus is in residence there. Joy is the flag that's flown high when we know we're close in the presence of Almighty God. Well, we're in in the tent with God, if you would, and we are sheltered. There is joy that flies high. It just flies high, and the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we are enabled to move forward no matter what. It says, I will offer sacrifice and shoutings of joy, and I will sing, I will sing praises to the Lord. There's an old song we used to sing, in your presence. In your presence, in your presence, there is peace. In your presence, in your presence, there is joy. And that gives us strength. I will linger, I will stay in your presence lord day by day until your likeness can be seen in me there's another old song we used to sing i will praise the lord I will praise the Lord, no matter what tomorrow brings, or what it has in store, I will praise the Lord. And this all happens when we're singing around the campfire with God. When we're in his presence, when we're in his shelter, in his tent, it prompts The sacrifice of praise. And the Bible tells us that God moves into, dwells in, lives in the praises of his people. God don't like hearing our complaint and our moaning and groaning and bellyaching. But when he hears his children offering the sacrifice of praise, God moves into that. He lives there. He dwells in our praise. He loves it. That's what he tells us. That's in Psalms 22, verse 3. Well, let me pick back on up here at verse 13. Psalms 27, picking up at verse 13, it says, What? What would have become of me had I not believed? What would have become of me if I hadn't believed? Now, let me just give you a little foundation, and we'll read the rest of it. But it says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Anything is possible if a person believes. Whatever you're praying for right now, you're praying for your loved ones. You're praying for friends and family scattered all over the planet. Anything's possible to those who believe. Your needs will be met according to his riches and glory for those who believe. God's going to protect you and he's going to help you. He's going to encourage you for those who believe. It says, Jesus tells us that in his word. Mark 9, 23, anything is possible if a person believes. So let me back up at verse 13. What? What would have become of me had I not believed? Well, not much. What would have become of me if I had not believed? And that's why the Word of God produces faith, and we need to do all we can do to build our faith to believe God and to trust Him because faith moves mountains. Faith is a game changer, it transforms things. All things are possible to those who believe. And He said, What would have Become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. What would have happened if I hadn't believed? But because I do believe that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, that's not when I die and go to heaven. That's right now, in troubled times, is what he's talking about. Once once again, we're gonna keep moving. What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the goodness, the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Wait, verse 14, wait. So Be patient. That's a major part of faith is being patient. Wait and hope. Hope is a confident expectation for the future. Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave. I'm talking about fearless and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring, although we're tempted to be opposite of that. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord because I'm telling you, when you expect God to do something, he's going to do it. That's what faith is all about. It's expect, expectation. It's expecting God to do everything he said he was going to do. And he tells us in these difficult times, we need to trust him and we need to believe in him and know that We're in the tent with him together and he is our shelter and we can sing and we can rejoice because we're in his presence with him in his shelter and he's going to protect us. The Assyrians, Babylonians, Phoenicians, Egyptians, Persians, Greeks, and Romans had their many, many gods. Gods of war, gods of industry, gods of agriculture, gods of cities, gods of towns, and various others. But in all the paganism galaxy of gods there never was one called the god of hope. That's not surprising for in that ancient world hope had become a despised delusion. Long before our Lord was born in Bethlehem the fact is there is no hope for this sin-cursed world apart from the true God, the God of the Christians now who we refer to as the God of hope. The word hope means a confident expectation for the future. Are you praying for your future? Are you praying for your kids? Are you praying for your mom and your daddy? Are you praying for your husband and your wife and for your children? Are you praying for your neighbors? A confident expectation for the future. That's what faith is. It's not praying out of fear. It's praying out of confidence, knowing that God has promised and you grab a hold of those promises and you pray. It says here in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, the foundation he's talking about, this is the starting place of hope. I pray that God, that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength and peace. Now, let me see. I did knock things all over the place here with our, our tent. You know, it's always good to have a visual, so you understand this stuff. You know, real complicated things sometimes. And it says here, I pray in Romans fifteen thirteen. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you how completely with joy and peace. And that's talking about this. May he fill you like that, right? No, he's talking about filling you completely. You understand completely being filled. It's a major difference than just a little drop in the bucket. That's what I'm talking about. And he's telling us, may we be filled completely. I pray, and this is my... Pray for you, that God, the source of hope, of confident expectation for the future, will fill you completely with joy, which is your strength, and it changes things. Fill you completely with peace also. And peace is the cure for anxiety and for fear and for worrying. May God fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will, what's that word? overflow. Should I illustrate that again? Overflow. Fill you completely until you overflow. And I read a couple of translations to where it says until you bubble over, till you overflow, may God fill you completely. He is the source of hope. Fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him and then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of his Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about. Now in Psalms 23, a very familiar passage, probably to most. But in the Amplified, let me read it. And let's chew on every word. He says in Psalms 23, verse 4, it says, Yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil. Why? For you are with me. No matter how dark, no matter how dreaded or frightening it might seem, if we go through these difficult times with the Lord at our side, for you are with me. I will fear no evil. I will fear no dread because you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. And they comfort me and I meant to have a, another rod. And here's the staff. A staff is more of kind of like for guiding the sheep and pulling them out of the thickets and all. And a rod is kind of like this w- without the hook on It's to break the head of a wolf or a mountain lion that's coming. It's, it's to fight against the bad guys. And it talks about the Lord has these things. The Lord is my shepherd. He's talking about. And he's taking care of his sheep. And he says... <clears throat> I will fear and dread no evil for you are with me and you got your rod to protect me and your staff to guide me and they comfort me. And when I know that God's got his staff and his rod, it's very, very comforting. And what I want to do, oftentimes here at Faith Living Church, I'll give y'all something to remember the lesson with. But since I can't squish it through that camera lens there, I'm going to Ask you to go get your own something. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, surely this week. And all I want you to do is just pick up a rock. It don't matter what it looks like. It don't matter what its shape is. It don't matter if it's got little sparkles in it. It don't matter. But pick yourself up a rock that you kind of like. Put it in your pocket. And what we do, we call this a with you rock. And every time you feel that rock in your pocket, you remember the Lord is with you. And you might put it on your coffee table and you might put it on your nightstand. You might put it in the bathroom. You might put it on, tape it in your car somewhere. But whenever you see it or you feel in your pocket, it's just like what he said right here. I will fear or dread no evil for you are with me. And that's my with me rock, with you rock. And it's an encouragement and a reminder that God is with us and he will never, never, never leave us forsake us, abandon us, or lose his hold on us, assuredly he will not. He's there. And he wants us to live in the shelter, in his tabernacle, in his presence with him, a place where we can sing and we can shout. That's what he's talking about. So for us to to be free from fierce control, we must become dependent upon the presence of almighty God. Think about it for a moment. On what do you depend? There's so many things in this world that people can depend on. And you think about the term, especially around tax time, from birth to adulthood, uh, we have been called dependents. We're dependent on parents or guardians to provide and to care for us, you know. And most children don't know just how dependent they really are on their guardian or on their mama or on their dad. And we don't know how dependent we really are upon God to give us breath and fresh water and food and to help us in our times of need. We don't really recognize oftentimes how dependent we really are on Him. And not just for shelter and provisions, but for guidance and, and for love and for forgiveness. Because He cares about us. He's crazy about us. Now, I've read oftentimes about some kids... They run away from home, you know, like, You know, around 1 or 2 o'clock, but come supper time, they always come back home, because they're dependent upon Mama giving them something to eat. They're a lot more dependent than when they're all upset about something, they want to run away, but before supper time, they come back. They're dependent. They're dependent, and we are dependent. We genuinely are dependent upon God. Listen, Listen to this verse here. Where does these two brothers, it says in Luke 15, 11, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now, instead of waiting until you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. See, this son wanted independence from dad to just depend on himself. Verse 13 says, a few days later, this younger son packed his belongings and took a trip to a distant land and there he wasted all. How much did he waste? All. What percentage is that? 100%. He wasted all of the inheritance. All. He wasted all of his money on wild living. See independence independence is freedom to control your own affairs. I do what I want to. I don't have any outside influence. I'll do whatever I want to do. Feels good. i just do it. Independence is relying on yourself alone, not on anybody else. Independence means self-governing, self-reliant, self-sufficient, unconfined, uncontrolled, unrestrained, unrestricted. I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. That scares me. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to do that. I don't like that. I want to totally depend on Almighty God. I have come to know Him over the years and found out He is awesomely good and great, and fantastic, and he loves me, and he cares about me, and he loves you and cares about you, if we'll just slow down, and put our dependence on him, he's going to see us through this he's going to see us through these difficult troubled times, and if we're going to be able to live in his presence, where he protects us, and meets our, all of our needs, where we can begin to offer the sacrifices of praise and he lives in those praises, and we can begin to shout, and rejoice and that's where strength comes from that can happen I'm telling you, it really, really can happen. Psalms chapter 20, verse 7, it says, Some nations boast in their armies. Look at our armies we got. Some nations boast in their armies and their weapons. Look what kind of weapons we got. Look at our armies. Oh, boy, they're really good. They'll do whatever we tell them to do. Some nations boast in their armies and weapons because that's what they depend upon. But we boast in the Lord our God. The greatest nation on the face of the earth was founded upon a little statement. You remember how we are so often reminded of what to do with our lives? (laughs) On every piece of money we touch, it says, in God we trust. And that's how we're going to get through this difficult time we're living in right now, by putting our trust in the Almighty God. In God we trust. I know there's some people who won't take that off the dollar and off the penny and everything else, but it's the truth. It's in God we trust. We trust. Every time we're tempted to put our trust in material things, which is on the money, it says, don't trust me. It's in God we trust. It reminds us where to put our trust. There's a, a woman named Stormy O. Martin. She said, I can't do it. I cried to God. I can't handle the housework. Can't handle my work. The loneliness of a husband who works too much. And then I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, you're trying to do everything on your own strength. Just worship me and I'll do the rest. And I said out loud, I praise you, God. In the midst of my situation, thank you that nothing is too hard for you. Slowly the pressure left. My burden was now his. Praise isn't always my first reaction to frustration, so I have to remind myself to do it. And with that little with you rock in my pocket, it just reminds me, he's with me, praise him, worship him, no matter what's going on, because he turns it around. He's with us to help us in our times of need, always. Praise isn't always my first reaction to frustration, so I have to remind myself to do it. But now, when my flesh can't go any further, I stop and I worship God, and it's a game changer. God moves in and he changes things. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, But he, but he, he said to me, this is Jesus, but he, Jesus said to me, My grace, my enabling power, my grace, my favor and loving and kindness and mercy is enough for you. God is saying, His grace is enough for you. His enabling power is enough for you during difficult times just like we're in right now. He said, my grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger. It's sufficient more than enough against any danger and it enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength, this is Jesus saying, for my strength, My strength, Jesus is talking to you, for my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled, and completed, and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Do we have any weakness right at the moment? We're a little perplexed. We don't really quite know what to do. We can't answer all the world's problems right now. And Jesus says, my strength and my power are made perfect. Fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weaknesses. When you're living in his presence, his strength overflows into us and it's a game changer. Therefore, therefore the disciples said, therefore I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses. And in my infirmities that the strength and the power of Christ, the Messiah may rest. Can y'all read that with me? that the the strength and the power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest. Yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Jesus wants to pitch his tent over us and us to live in his presence. And in our weakness, his strength shows up the best. Just like coffee or tea, its strength shows up the best in a weak glass of water. Not, not in a, a cup of soda. You can't hardly taste the coffee there. But in our weakness, God's strength, it shows up the best. In times like this, we need his strength. We need his power flowing to us. And listen to what he goes on to say in verse 10. So, for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities. I I, I take pleasure in infirmities and, and in insults and hardships, not having enough toilet paper and stuff like that. Persecutions and perplexities, I don't understand, and distresses. For when I am weak in human strength, I just don't know what to do, then am I truly strong, able, powerful in what? In divine strength. Because God says, I see you can't quite handle this all. Let me take it for you. Let me handle this right here. Let's do it together. I want to live in the tent with God. I want to live in his presence. And he refers to tabernacling with us. You know, pitching a tent over us and helping us and his strength becoming our strength when we're weak enough to receive it. You know what? This whole thing about depending. You ever see an apple? You ever go to the orchards? You know, areas that we live in, there's apple orchards all around. And this, this apple is, is dependent upon the tree. It's just hanging there. And all of its nutrients and all of its water, it comes from the ground and all, and it comes up into the tree, and it comes down. It's dependent upon that tree. Apples are dependent. Now, I didn't have any grapes, but I got some raisins. So it's almost like a grape. And let me just make sure that they are official raisins. No, those those were grapes once upon a time. Same thing, they depended upon the vine. They depended on the vine. The vine sucked all the nutrients and the water from the ground, and the the uh, leaves was just you know taking all that photosynthesis and that chlorophyll and sending all the nutrients into the grapes. And we can make raisins out of them, but the grapes were dependent, dependent upon that vine. And you know what? Behind my house, many of you have seen a mountain before. And I've climbed that mountain, an 80-foot cliff with this rope right here before. And I'll tell you, I've taken the staff up there. And you know what? Climbing that mountain, it's very safe and it's very secure. When you've got a rope that goes up above you and it's secured somewhere. And if you fall, you don't fall. You're just there until you can get another handhold. Because when you're climbing a mountain, you're dependent upon the rope. You're dependent upon that rope that's attached way above. You're dependent on that. And that's what we have to do as we learn to depend upon Almighty God, to rest in him and to rely upon him with great confidence. Jesus depended. Did you know that Jesus depended? John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Jesus replied, I assure you, the Son... This is Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. I assure you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus said, I depend upon my Father. That's why he was up before the the crack of dawn in the mornings praying. That's why he was up late at night praying because he depended upon his Father he would do everything the Father wanted him to do, and he fulfilled everything to the T because he depended upon his Father. And he has told you and me, go to the Father in his name. Tell him I sent you. Father, Papa God, Jesus told me to come talk to you. He told me just to tell you his name, and you would answer me. And Papa God says, come on over here. What can we do for you? I am telling you. You might think that's just too simple. But it is not too simple. It's just the truth if we will believe it and apply it to our lives. I was reading this article on New Year's Day in the Tournament of Roses Parade. A beautiful float. It was an awesome float. Suddenly, it stuttered and it quit. The engine quit on the truck. It was out of gas. The whole parade was held up until someone could get a can of gas. The amusing thing was that the float represented the standard oil company. With its vast oil resources, its truck was out of gas. Often Christians neglect our spiritual maintenance. And though they're clothed with power from on high, as the Bible says... Sometimes we find ourselves out of gas. Listen to what it says here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I'm reading this out of the Amplified Bible as well. It says, I have strength for all things. I have strength for how many things? All things. What percentage is all? 100%. I have strength for all things in Christ. When I'm in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I have the strength for all things. And even if I'm weak, his strength shows up best and works best in my weakness. His strength and power shows itself best then. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. He fills my gas tank. And he never lets it run dry if I'm in an ongoing relationship with him. I have the strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. So Pastor Ron, this is being a little bit too bold. You shouldn't talk like that. I'm just reading you a verse out of the Bible. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. And I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm telling you, when you hang around with Jesus, he can handle it all. If you're in a boat that's full of water, he can tell that storm to stop. And it will come peaceful just like a piece of glass. Jesus will raise the dead one day. Jesus answers his prayers right now. He is absolutely, fantastically, wonderful, crazy about you. And he put it here in his word. I have strength for all things in Christ, who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. And I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That's in the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Classic. It amplifies the words. It gives you the definitions of the words that are already there. Now I was reading about this old young feller. This young fella had to go by this corner every evening and he was very frightened by going by this whole spooky corner lot had some spooky little houses over there and some of the adults in the community they did their best to impart courage to him one guy gave him a, a good luck charm a rabbit's foot of all things lord have mercy it wasn't good for the rabbit so I can't imagine it was good for the boy Another guy, he made connections with the town, had him to put a a, a pole on the corner and put a light down there. And it helped a little bit, but the boy was still frightened. Another guy came along and he said, Well, I tell you, fear is sin, and you don't know to be afraid no more. You just got to trust God to get through it. Well, it might have been some pretty decent advice, but the boy was still fearful. And then another man came along and he said, I want you to understand, little fella, I know what it's like to be afraid. I've had fears in my life, and I know what it's like to be afraid. And I'm going to be standing here and waiting for you every evening, and I'm going to walk past that corner lot with you every night. He didn't eliminate the fear, but he lifted the fear up off the little boy's shoulders and put it on his own, and he carried it. And I'm telling you that Almighty God he will take the fear that is upon us and he'll put it on his own shoulders and he'll carry it. And yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because he is with us and he will carry and he will bear the weight and the burden of anything and everything because he's able to do it. He's crazy about you, especially in these difficult times. That's what he tells us about. So what I want to do right now Maybe you don't know him in a personal way where he will share your burden and and he'll share your fear and your anxiety. You don't don't know him maybe quite well enough for him to take that panic. You don't know him quite well enough that he'll let his strength become your strength and power in your weak times. You don't know if all you got to do is receive it. He's just sitting here saying, listen, I'm going to help you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to see you and your family and your love. I'm going to see you through this saying, I care about you. I love you. And all we got to do is receive the gift that he's offering unto us right now. So would you pray with me? Would you reaffirm your faith in Christ if you already know him? But if you don't, if you're not 100% positive, you're in a right relationship with Jesus, would you join us to pray? Right where you're at, wherever you might be, would you just join And I'll lead you in a prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. Even in difficult times, you promised you'd be there for me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus. I believe he gave his lifeblood to wash my sins away. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide my heart. And I receive Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King, as my ever-present help in times of trouble. I surrender my all to you. In Jesus' name, amen.